And hello, hello, welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It is Zach and Alex back with you to talk about. We have a very packed episode for today. We have a lot of awesome stuff in the racing world to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Indianapolis 500 qualifying. The month of May has officially, officially started. Um, we know exactly who and who isn't going to race in next Sunday's Indianapolis 500. And once again, Bump Day was the story. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about some other kind of people to look out for this weekend going to Indy. Um, the teams that were fast, the teams that weren't fast. What the heck is Team Penske doing? Um, all the other you know things about NBC Sports, and we're gonna get, we have some really good tea. Um, some F1 silly season. Alex is really getting started. Um, with some stuff yeah. that we heard today. Oh my gosh. Um. Monday. I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be interesting. Um, and on this this tea's really spicy today. Xfinity series coming to a streaming platform near you, um, or not near you, depending on how old you are. <laughs> are you are you fifty nine or twenty nine? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then we'll of course talk about the NASCAR All Star Race at North Wilkesboro. Was it a slave? Was it a flop? Alex and I are going to be the judge of that. So we have a lot to talk about. With um, today's episode, we're going to, of course, talk about the greatest qualifying session in the world. The one that deserves its own weekend. The one that gets its own race for the Gay Racing Podcast Fantasy. Indianapolis 500 qualifying. It is, I mean, there's no other, we've said this before, there's no other qualifying session in the world that takes multiple days. Well, there probably is, actually, but still, like... This it takes multiple days. It's on its own weekend, like, and we saw from the emotion that we saw from drivers yesterday, um, that didn't have a good day. This means a huge deal, right? This is the biggest race in the world, Alex. I mean, look at the com- compare and contrast the reactions that Alex Pillow, mm-hmm. the pole winner, had celebrating, hands in the air, cheering, jumping in with his crowd to Graham Rahal who had his. Face in his hands, just in disbelief, on the verge of tears. Yes, just the range of emotions was crazy. Yeah, at the Indy 500 qualifying, and I love it so much. I watched every single minute of qualifying on Saturday and on Sunday, and I watched a ton of practice. Like it, it's the best time of the year as a motorsports fan. I've watched I watched Indy 500 qualifying closer than I've watched some races. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's isn't that, that good? crazy and. You talk about Alex Pelot's reaction. I mean, it's like, literally, I was watching it on TV in the kitchen with my family, and they're like, who won the race? And I'm like, he didn't win a race. He won the pole for the race. <laughs> like, it's yeah. that huge of a deal. And it's just, it's and it's awesome. And it kind of reflects on both sides, you know, uh, Pelot's side, Rahal's side, the amount of work that goes into this event. You know, the preparation since... Um, the last season ended, maybe even a little bit before the preparation just in that week. Days and days of practice, um, testing like a month ago. And, you know, the, the concentrated um, effort that it takes to do four laps at Indianapolis on the edge as fast as you can, separated by thousandths of a second. Like, that's what it means, right? That's why grown mm-hmm. men are crying over not making this race, right? As much as... You know, I want to make fun of Graham Rahal because you know, he's just f- easy to make fun of. It sucks. You're Graham it Rahal. You you have one of the biggest last names in IndyCar, and you just missed the biggest race in the world. Like, 
This, that sucks. This was Graham Rahal's 16th attempt for the Indy 500, and the first time he's ever missed it. Yep, and apparently it was, like, what, 30 years crazy. after his dad missed it, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yep. That's weird. That's eerie. Ugh. Um, so, obviously... Oh, yeah. yeah? Let's talk about the pole winner before we get into Rahal, because yeah. Alex Pillow has just been so fast mm-hmm. this entire month so far, and I think he's probably had the best first lap of everyone all month long. Oh my god, blowing. He had that 235. Yeah, that was crazy. One of the, not many people got a 235 lap. He was one of them. And was able to stay 234 the entire run. Yeah, uh, I think in lap 4 he dipped below. The 234.217 average. That broke Scott Dixon's record from a year ago. Two years in a row, we have a new record for pole. Just incredible. We're and the front row. Up. Yeah, we're creeping up to 235 it looks like. Yeah, we are. And the front row, by the way, three different teams. We have Ganassi with Polo. We have Renus VK with Ed Carpenter Racing. And you have Felix Rosenquist, who I would say is like an underrated qualifier, by the way. Got the pull at Texas two years in a row as well. He got third for yeah. McLaren. That's really impressive. Yeah, he was fastest. Three different teams on the front row. Wasn't he fastest in the Fast 12? Shootout? Yep. Yeah. Um, Renus VK. This is how many? This isn't like the third or fourth straight like front row for him at the Indy 500. Something third like that. Third or fourth? Yeah. I don't remember. Like that's crazy. That's really impressive from him. Um, and it's it is. you know just for him. This is the it's the first time we really talked about him this year too. Like, I mean, hey, if you're gonna be good at one place, be good here. Um, hopefully they can back it up in the race. But um, I I have confidence that they can do that. But yeah, um. Great front row, obviously. Love to see the parody. And you know what, Zach? When we made our picks last week, you and I both said that the pole winner will probably be a Ganassi, a Carpenter, or a McLaren car. Yeah, That's that was easy row. to call. Like, it's it's just so impressive, though, Like mm-hmm. that the teams are that close, where it's not just like a whole team swept the front row. It's like, yeah. no, each one, they were all up there. And, and it's, it's been that like close. that last few years. No one's really been able to really mm-hmm. sweep which is, again, it's fairly impressive. And, I mean, again, there's so many factors, like, because it's not all about the car. The drivers do have a lot in terms of controlling that car. That car is on edge as it goes around the track, right? Um, or maybe yeah. maybe some of the top 12 probably not as on edge as, you know, like the the RLL cars, um, the Ray Hall cars, mm. which are <laughs> horrible. Flop. Flop. Yeah. You, that's not you, you don't expect that out of that team and if i'm paying money as a sponsor i'm definitely not like oh what the like come on that's embarrassing like not only to have one not two three um all of your full-time cars your part-time car somehow makes it into the show on saturday all of your full-time cars on that last row shootout against a dude who's named after a fish um Not he's actually named after a Corvette, apparently, which is cool. But um <laughs> But yeah, like That's funny. That's I mean Bobby Rahal goes into yesterday knowing most likely one of his cars is not making it, which is just and yeah. that team, and we'll talk more later about what happened today, but the morale for that team, awful, especially when the team owner's son is gonna be the one that misses the show. I mean <sighs> That was kind of the storyline getting built up like all weekend. Was. And we'll talk about how NBC did a really good job building that up. But for Graham Rahal to be the one that misses, not Jack Carvey, who's, you know, he's been kind of on 
a bit of a, you know, he might not have this ride next year. And then even Christian Lungard, who's still new-ish to IndyCar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's the veteran that misses it. Um, I don't even know how you're supposed to react to it. I, what we saw yesterday with Bump Day was just kind of unbelievable. It was. And, you know, I want to mention with Ray Hall, they've been slow all year. Yeah. With the some exceptions with the forty five of Lungard because he ran really good at Indy on the road course and he's ha- and he's had some few breakout moments but Ray Hall as a whole like Harvey's always in the twenties Ray Hall's been down there in yeah. low teens you don't see Graham Ray Hall in the top ten anymore ever even no, on the ovals not really so and yeah bump day. We could have had all four Ray Hall cars here. We had three of the four. Catherine Legg. That, oh my god, that would have been Could you have imagined if it was yes. all four? And then Graham is still the one that gets bumped? <laughs> That's what would have happened. I guess. But, but yeah, let, let's talk about Bump Day. Just, the drama was just unreal. Yeah. And the tension was there. Like, that, you know, the Fast yeah. 12 went, like, that was fun. That was a great warm-up. That's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Then you get into an hour of bump day. It's like Oof. each car gets to go once. I love it. And they can go again if they'd like. It's perfect. And the intensity of the time where you're waiting for their engines to cool. And they're, like, making adjustments. And then we're going to talk about that. We have a few issues with this format. But yes. the intensity was just like the silence. It was kind of eerie. It's like, what is going to happen? And I believe Jack Harvey was the only one who made multiple runs yeah. during this session. He made three runs. Yeah. Yeah. And during that run, he was the slowest. Jack Harvey was. And Ray Hall was 33rd, the last car in. Ray Hall... Just that car was just evil all week, and we'll talk about MDC as we said. But Harvey, in my opinion, this was a make or break moment for his career, not just to make the Indy 500. He's in a contract year, has not been running well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that is to blame on him or the car, whatever. I think if he doesn't make the 500, he's out of a ride, and they might even replace him sooner rather than later. Yeah, like it's easy to make that replacement yeah. when he just doesn't make the 500, even and yeah. I, and I know Graham Ray Hall's in the same situation. That won't happen. It's a very different situation there. <laughs> very. Yeah. Follow me here. So Harvey goes out on the second attempt after cooling down his car. He actually does a cool down lap, which I thought yeah. I he technically made not a four, rule against that. He made four. He made runs, four technically because that second run was just to cool off the engine, which was yes. NBC was even debating like, does that even make sense? Because you're then now running the engine. Wouldn't that make it hotter? Mm-hmm. But apparently, I mean, I don't know. I apparently they thought I think that was it's a good better. Idea. It's better for it to do that, doing you know, like a pace lap sort of thing, rather than sitting on pit road in the sun. I think is what the thing. I guess, is. yeah. So, and then he goes out out for his third official run, his second proper run does not improve. Yeah, they make a huge adjustment on this well, car. Here's the thing. Let me cut you off. I'm sorry, but at that point, I for some reason I thought the clock was ending at the hour, so I'm like, oh, it's over. Everyone was tweeting. <laughs> oh my god, this is the this is stuff you like hear about in like documentaries of like racing moments. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, Graham Ray Hall's in. Jack Harvey's out. What is this gonna do? People were literally tweeting it. Um, like a f- media people were tweeting it. But apparently there was five minutes left on the clock. I didn't even know that. Um, or at least two when he well, went out. 
And it's because no one thought he would go out there again. The hot engine. Yeah, because you're not going to go faster, right? There's no way you can go faster, right? Grant Raymore Hill says, right? I didn't think so. He's not going to go faster. I didn't think so. (laughs) Right? Right? They made that adjustment. (laughs) They make the adjustment, and all of a sudden, when he gets finished his lap three, lap three, that's when it's like, oh, lap three. He got triple mushrooms. He got triple mushrooms, bro. He went. He went faster. Who goes faster on lap three? Jack Harvey does. Three. His lap three was the best in his original run and the second run. So then the NBC did an amazing job of being like, watch for his lap three. That's where it's going to count. And then he they does it way up. better than Ray Hall does. And it's just like, here we go. After He can do that again on lap four. Because wasn't he, he a bit sl- He was a bit slower than Ray Hall those first two laps, I yeah. think. Or, well, his, it was like trending like pretty down. His lap, his lap one was slower than Ray Hall. Yeah. And your lap one is the most important lap. Right. That's when your tires are the freshest yeah. and your engine's the coolest. So for him to bring it back on lap three automatically shifts like, you know, you're at that point, you're like, oh, my gosh, for this last lap now, everyone's like, he can actually do this. Like, that was you can't write it better. You can't write it better. No. I actually think this might be scripted. Like, <laughs> like that was. But that's just how good this bump day drama was. And it's why. Personally, I love it. I know maybe some like traditionalist fans don't like parts of it, but it is why everyone loves, you know, how Indy 500 qualifying works. We we are taking yeah. the fastest 33 cars, right? Um, yeah, that's how it so works. Ray Simple. Hall and Ray Hall ended up having a 229.166 mile an hour average speed over four laps. Graham Rahal had a 229.159 miles an hour. That is a difference of 0.007 mile an hour difference. And the TV people, they were saying, you won't feel that in a car, in like you're on the car on the interstate. Oh. Like 0.007 miles an hour. Yeah. But this you over don't feel like, that. This, yeah. It's crazy. Over like, what, 10 miles? Four yeah. laps at Indianapolis. That's insane. And there was a graphic by also by NBC that I believe it's like 15 inches or something close to that. 15 inches was the difference. Wow. So Harvey was 15 inches, got to the line 15 inches sooner than that's Rahal shorter did. than I'm looking at my monitor right now. That's not even as wide as my monitor screen. That's insane. Yeah, it's intense. Oh, my gosh. That's and by insane. the way, I think the pole, the pole position was exactly the same. Wow. It was that close. Pass. I love IndyCar, man. It's so cool. Like, that is crazy. I mean, yeah. 229 miles an hour was not fast enough to make the only qualifying session where instead of posting the times, they're posting the speeds because that's that's what it's about. They, I mean, there's no, it's just so cool. There's nothing else like it in the so world. Cool. I've said that I've said that once. I've said I'll say it again. <laughs> it's just awesome. Um, but yeah, so. I for, where were you? I, for, I lost myself in the dock. <laughs> so the other the other Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan car was Catherine Legg. Right. Okay. She did make the race on the Saturday. She qualified, I believe, twenty eighth. And by the way, the all the bottom cars were Dale Coyne. Malukas was just a below leg. That's really surprising. And then the fifty one was also a Coin Rickware car. Oh, so yeah, both Coin cars are struggling. Is this Catherine Legg's first yeah. five hundred? 
no she's done it before about i think nine years ago oh okay. it's been a while okay she she did a few long about a decade ago. i might not have been paying attention but yeah she she made it in and there was some talk about would ray hall give up like ray hall the team would they take the leg out of the car but graham ray hall in and there's no there way. was a speculation about that and that's not going to happen. And Graham Rahal said himself today during the practice session, like, I don't believe in that. I didn't earn my space you in the race. Yeah, no driver wants that yeah. to happen. No driver would want to buy their way into the race. Like, McLaren, remember um, right. when Alonzo missed? And that was a whole discussion. Mm-hmm. But, like, even even McLaren and, ain't buying themselves into the race. But it has happened before when Ryan Hunter Ray missed about, ooh, like 10, 11 years ago. Ooh. We did buy out one of the Foyt cars, I believe. And they had some DHL branding on the car along with the ABC branding. I looked that up. I didn't know about that. So it, it has happened before. But but today, in this practice session I've mentioned, uh, Catherine Legg, unfortunately, was involved in an incident with Stefan Wilson. And Wilson was hospitalized. He's doing well, according to uh, IndyCar's head of medical forget the exact mm-hmm. term at the moment but he's in the hospital and he was on a stretcher and had like a neck brace on i don't i don't want to speculate if he yeah. will be racing or not this weekend but um hopefully he's doing okay sounds like he is though in good spirits and everything first accident um, of the whole weekend or the whole yeah week. it is yeah month. that's month whole month yeah whole yeah. month <laughs> yeah so that's really but, uh. But yeah, this this whole month for Rahal Letterman Landing just got worse with the one car that right. made so it in. Now it's wrecked. is now involved in another incident. Yes, so it's and the best I, I assume yeah. I assume they're probably just going to take Rahal's car and like rebrand oh. it for her. I don't. Maybe they have another backup car. I'm pretty I don't know. sure they bring backup cars to Indy. You have to. But they were saying that a lot of their backup cars are for Detroit. But my thing <laughs> is with the 44 <laughs> car, it wasn't going to run Detroit. So I don't, I don't know. A for lot Wilson, of, a they, lot of their backup yeah. cars are for, okay. Whatever. <laughs> so the Detroit cars are loaded in, yes, and ready to go. Okay, to fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. But so they're it's yeah. branded as the backup car well, right. in case something okay. happens. Well, you know, they can just and and maybe they won't. You mainly just need the tub where the driver sits. Yeah, some other, all like the wings and stuff that can all be replaced. Right. So maybe they won't need a backup. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to see, but um, yeah, hopefully Steph's okay, um, because that's just scary, sure. of course. But I'm yeah. glad that he was like, you know, awake alert the whole time. He oh, gave yeah, a thumbs up when yeah. he got into the ambulance. That's He's good. It, like, he'll be okay. It brings us back down. The race week, I mean, though. we talk about how great qualifying and how you know fast everything is, but it, that brings us back down to like, oh yeah, this is so dangerous. dangerous. This is the most dangerous thing these drivers will do all year. Just ra- yeah. not even just qualifying, turning a lap here, <laughs> most dangerous thing they do right. all year long. Um, and that's why we think it's, I mean, not why, but it's one of the reasons why we think they're so awesome. Um, something that's not awesome. I still do not have a fantasy point because of course I picked a Ganassi car. Ganassi won the poll, by the way. Didn't Dixon get like fourth? I think so. Yeah. So I picked a Ganassi car. I didn't pick one of those Ganassi cars. Of course. I mean, you did. Actually, wait you a minute. Did. No, I did. I did as well. That's so why it got I, canceled out. Alex is so funny. He's so funny. Um, I'm so funny. I know. So funny. Um, 
anyways, so <laughs> I still don't have a fantasy point. Um, note that if at Barber, if Roman Grosjean didn't use up all of his push to pass and actually defended, and if Scott McLaughlin didn't run out of fuel at Indy Road Course, it'd be six to four right now. But no, it's ten to zero. Ten to zero. Isn't it's okay? I you would have... need you would need three race wins to even get within one point of me now. Yeah, but then I'll like if I win the next three races, f- for example, then I'd have mm-hmm. nine races to get that one point. I'm f- I'm I'm it's not, I'm not out of it. I'm good. Okay. We'll talk about fantasy later I'm gonna, in the episode. Uh, Alex, the this is not going to... I know you think this is going to be easy. And I, you might mm-hmm. be right. <laughs> I'm going to do everything in my power to make this as close as possible. For the fans. For the fans okay. on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For the fans. They want to see yeah, a good show. Yeah, Our... Fantasy picks. I had Pato. He qualified fifth, and you had Erickson who qualified tenth. Yeah. You and I were texting each other like, "Oh no, Erickson's about to get pushed out of the." Fast I love six, how we so both no. we both picked like the third fastest on that team, basically. Well, we kind of ish. Um. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So, uh, Erickson, whatever. He'll he'll definitely be good in the race, but. Um, yeah. I would so, think next. But- Next, I want to highlight some veterans. Uh, Takuma Sato is driving for Ganassi, by the way. Keep an eye on him. Like, this could be a winner. It's Takuma Sato going for his third Indy 500 win. Yeah. Starts eighth in a Ganassi car. It's basically the Jimmy Johnson car. Yeah. From Remember, uh, he won. Talk about Ray Hall. Actually, let's connect us back to Ray Hall. Sato won with that team. In 2020, that's like, true. That's how much that's of right. a that isn't that crazy. That yeah. that team we just talked about has fallen from winning the Indy 500 to missing the Indy 500. So, right. um, but yeah, so Sato, going back now to Sato, yeah, I mean, he's always a threat because he will do whatever it takes to win this race. Like, he he has no limit, right? He's 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 met his limits. Um, he knows exactly yeah. where it is sometimes. So, he's going to be entertaining to watch. He's going to be in a fast car. Um, has he Has he raced with Ganassi before? I don't believe so. Why do I think he has? If he has, I'm blanking. He, I know Kenan has. Did, well, didn't he wreck? Didn't uh, Sato wreck when he was trying to pass Frankiti? Was he not? Was he in a Foyt car then? I think so. Okay. We should probably look that up. I don't. Know I'll, for I'll sure. look it up. You keep going. Um, but Tony Kanan, who has driven a Ganassi car, is with McLaren this weekend. He'll be making his final start, or so he says. I think he might come back another time. We'll we'll see. Yeah, he, that man never retiring. His... Y'all are so he's Mark Martin. He's never retiring. Also, I made that whole thing up. Sato was never in Ganassi. Okay, you had me doubting myself. I'm like, I don't think so, but okay. But yeah, Kanan is starting ninth in his final IndyCar start, or so he says. Man, did you see his reaction when he put it into the Fast 12? I didn't, actually. Oh, my gosh. He was so excited. He was, like, he was telling TV, yeah, I think we're done. I'm good. I'm satisfied with, like, 15th, whatever he was. And his teammates, like, Rossi, Pato, Rosenquist, they pushed him to try again. No way. And... That's... The team pushed him to do it, the whole team. So he went out there again. He's like, I'm done qualifying. That was it. He goes out there again, puts it in the fast 12. He hops out of the car like he just won the damn race. 
I love Tony Kanan. I love like, his the energy. Little is bit unmatched. about his teammates pushing him. More. TK, you still yeah. got it, dude. I'm just saying. He does. That's crazy. And you know, he went over. He he like got out of his car was celebrating. He went over and gave Alexander Rossi a hug, which like Rossi's like very stone cold. I was like, oh wow, cool. And if you don't know the backstory, when Rossi came into the series, Tanandit was not really fond of him at all. There's like an article about that. Hmm. Um, so they've become friends, which I find very cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cute. I hope Tony Kanan. I hope Tony Kanan has a great race on Sunday. He could win. Look at Elio. You're never too old. Mm-hmm. You're never too old to win this race. Elio Castroneves did it. Um, so I will. I, I will send you the video later of him yes, celebrating awesome that was it see. was great yeah um agent uh, so a team that had a really good um qualifying mm-hmm. both two both their cars in the fast 12 or do they ha- do they have more than two cars aj foy just the two just the two okay just the two they this used year. to have more i guess um i guess well downsizing i guess has worked out for them because mm-hmm. um santino ferrucci who b- set a blistering lap in the fast 12 round um was almost fastest, but was second fastest um, at the end of it. Um, goes into the fast six, qualifies fourth. Really strong showing from Ferrucci, who in the last three races in the Indy 500, I believe, three top tens. Um, yep, that's, that's and true. now he's in a legitimately fast car. So that's awesome. And then rookie Benjamin Peterson, who's only done a few Indy car races. Apparently, he's not even an open wheel guy, is he? Like he, his background. Is his background open wheel? I have no idea. I know he was in Indy next last year. Okay, well then, I guess yeah. Well, so yeah, some they were. I don't. NBC was saying something, but either way, he though, had, this is his first. NBC Indy was saying, yeah. NBC was saying that Peterson had never done like ovals right. until this year, really, and yeah. this was his first Indy five hundred. Yeah. I don't think they said anything about not. Like okay. open wheel. Experience. I'll think about somebody else. Then. But either way, that's still very impressive, right? Because to go out here mm-hmm. um, with a team that's not no, you know, known for being the fastest. Um, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. What else could What else could you want? I mean, you just he beat all the Penske cars, didn't he? <laughs> yep. You just beat all of Team Penske. All of AJ Indy. Foyt. All of AJ Foyt did best I'll qualified Penske. Best qualifying effort from an AJ Foyt car since what? Like Robbie Gordon, and that was it. A one or something. I, I heard that. I stat. think it was Robbie Gordon. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um. So I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know, it's like the everyone loves AJ Foyt racing just for what AJ Foyt means to the sport. So that's just awesome to see. So, well, well, I you got you're gonna have to watch Santino, and I yeah. I understand everyone has an opinion on him, but he's fast. You can't deny that, and he's. He's got the guts of someone that can win this race too. So I agree. We'll we'll have to keep watching him. Um, he's a week. good dark horse pick. He is a good Santino dark horse. is, but and again, you know, he's starting Peterson. He start. He's up front. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Re- regarding Peterson, I don't know if he can like win necessarily. He's a rookie and everything. First time in race conditions. I don't know how that'll favor him. Very impressive though. Like he's definitely my surprise of the weekend, without a doubt. Just. And by the way, on pole day in practice for the last twelve, he was the first guy to put up a two thirty five. I think he can. And I think he can win. If you can qualify tenth, you can be in position to win this race. Yeah, I I just think the experience of the actual race yeah, is going to be a bit right. different. Definitely. But 
I mean, we'll see. Very impressive. He had a rough start to the season, you know, with that incident, uh, first race of the year. And, you know, when this, he like didn't break going into that crash that was happening. Oh, but he's that guy. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this really redeems him. Honestly, I've gained a lot of respect for him. Like this is really, well, then this is really for good for him. Indy 500. This is huge yeah. for him then. Yeah. Cause I forgot, I kind of forgot about that. Like, the negative reputation he's had going in here now is, I mean, Indy 500 will fix anything, dude. Like, having a good performance oh, yeah. there, who cares what you've done yeah, before. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Next team to talk about here, Team Penske. We always have a little Penske segment on the show. I mean, uh, they... Will Power was the only one to make the Fast 12. So they weren't awful. And we'll talk about McLaughlin Newgarden. They weren't awful. Mm-hmm. No, they were, though. They are Team Penske. Like, you know Roger... I don't know who's matter, Bobby Rahal or t- or Roger, because I almost want to say Roger. Like, come on, man! Roger wants to win. Roger wants that front row. He wants yeah. to. His expectation is at the track that he owns is for the front row to be his cars. I'm just saying. So yeah. for they, once again, once again for Pinsky, I would say the third year in a row they're faster, but they're still just not where they need to be. Because, you know, they've come a long way from Will Power being in Bump Day. Like, that that's when it was like, oh my god, what, what is going on with Penske yeah. at Indy? But they're not there anymore, but... There's still something this, going on, and it's weird, because how is yeah. Joseph going to Texas and winning every single year, and then we go to Indy, and then... Like, er, actually, no, every other single oval, Joseph Newgarden is, like, the king. Yeah. And now at Indy, he can't even qualify 14th, right? Like, when we went to Iowa, they swept, like, three of the top five spots. Like, I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on with this team. Like, it's so and weird. Indy is an entirely different animal to Texas, yeah, Iowa, Gateway, is. whatever. But still, it, it is very weird. weird, you know? Yeah. And NBC said today on the practice broadcast, like, we think they really have good race trim, but it's like, you need they track don't have position. track position. You need tra- and at least, like, okay, you can do something from 12th. I will say that. You, oh, yeah. That's not bad, but 17th, Joseph? Girl, that's his whole issue. Like, like you're going to have to do some pit strategy stuff here. You need, and that that's, like, <sighs> it's just not optimal. It's really not optimal. That's why qualifying is yeah. not only important just because, you know, it's indie and you want to be the fastest, but you, you need it to win the race. So yeah. we'll have to see how and, it plays out. We'll have to see. And what, what what was that dumb stuff they were doing? Um, yeah, I was just about to bring talk, that up. So Alex, what they, were they doing? What was Tim Sindrick cooking? So on Saturday, they won a quali. Um, they all drew on Friday night their position of where they would go. And Scott, I want to talk drew, in a minute. Scott drew thirty second, and Joseph drew thirty fourth, which is last. And all the talk was you want to go toward the front because cooler temperatures, the track will be faster, all this stuff. So what happens is Joseph and Scott withdrew their guaranteed qualifying times and like slots. They withdrew 32nd and 34th so they could go later, which was very confusing because everything we've heard was the track is better the earlier you go. So like, why would you even want to go even later? You're already going really late. And NBC was really interesting. They were like, they're trying to figure out why they would do that. 
Hinchcliffe, I think, said he's never seen that before. Yeah. Um. So so then they sent, I think it was Marty Snyder or Dave Burns, they sent someone down there and was like, Tim, explain. Tim Centric, please explain what you're doing. And he basically said, well, the longer we wait, the more time we have to optimize the cars, is basically what he said. But then Alex Polo goes out there, like a couple before McLaughlin and Joseph are supposed to go, and lays down. A... And they're like, oh my gosh, we got to go. So then they're like stressing, trying to get their cars situated to go onto the grid. To make sure it's fully optimized. <laughs> yeah. So, in my opinion, this is just really stupid. Because it's just like all they did was add stress to an already stressful situation. Yes. Like, why would you do that? Because now you don't have a time in the Indianapolis 500. I know there's like five hours left, but now you're just like, oh my God, we got to get out there. So, the track's in perfect condition, all this. Yeah. And I don't know. Here's the thing, and this kind of applies to like even Graham Rahal and like the last row shootout format, but like. I mean, well, Jack Harvey got into the 500 because they made a run and they knew exactly what they needed to adjust to make it faster. Make it, Just go and make a run. If it's slow, oh well. You'll know what to do next to make it faster about the same mm-hmm. time that you actually made your first run. Like, just take your run. Why would you forfeit that? It's for free. It is for well, free. And Zach, it, it, it gets better. Because later in the day, toward the end, with like, I don't know, less than an hour to go, there are two lanes, right? In qualifying. Right. Lane two. Go, Marty you Snyder. Keep your previous time. Steve Latart was explaining then, this thing all weekend, bro. He was so good at it. I know. It. I, I love it. I love this stuff. Lane two, you get to keep your time that you ran earlier. Yep. No risk. In lane one, if you're on lane one, you withdraw your time from the Indianapolis 500. Risk. Risk. It's big risk. That means if you run out of time and you're sitting in lane one, you don't have a time, you are not in the Indy 500. And by the way, this happened with David Malukas as well. They put him in lane one, and he was sitting 30th. He took out his time. He And James Hinchcliffe explained on NBC, saying because of that, he doesn't get back out there, and he ended up getting back out there. He Bump Day would have had an extra car. Because only 29 would have been locked in <laughs> Wait, on actual time. that's crazy! Because the rules are, you, if you're 31st or lower, your times do not count. You're, they were moved. They don't exist. And you qualify tomorrow. Wait. So Malukas, because he went in lane one, his time didn't exist. He would have had to go to bump day the next day. So my that's point cooking. is, Joseph Newgarden, coming down to the end here, they're way back in line in lane two. They leave that lane and they withdraw their time from the Indy 500 and go into lane one. And guess what? They go out there and they do worse. Sorry. And Newgarden lost one position. And, you know, it's risk versus reward. All in all, he probably didn't, he didn't really lose much of anything. He's in the same row. But to me, it's just like, it's, what if he, like, crashes? Yeah, you got to go back tomorrow. Well, what if you have no, a bad lap? What if I, the wind hits you? I wrong? disagree with then you. Then you got to come back tomorrow. No, I disagree Boy. with you because your team Pinsky and his expectation is to be in that top twelve. Like okay. he, they have to try, and it looks like they didn't That's have enough fair. time to do it in lane two. So they, 
So I disagree with you. Like, Joseph, I mean, that's what Roger Was expects. it worth it to withdraw from the race and risk coming back for bump day, though? I mean, what if that run gets him in the top 12? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Fair, I mean, I think when you're Team didn't. Penske, and I understand they're not the fastest, but mm-hmm. I think you're confident. Like, I think I have confidence that Joseph Newgarden is not going to wreck that car, to be honest. Fair. Um, he knows what yeah. he's doing. That car is probably handling good enough. Team Penske, mm-hmm. right? It just probably it's just isn't fast. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, when you're Team Penske, you are doing that because you want to get faster. You want to be in that top twelve. So that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I just that's I fair. disagree that's with fair. it because I see it as now if that's RLL, you know, and they're like twenty something, then yeah. that's different. Or even mm-hmm. if they were like twentieth ish, that's different. Um. Once yeah. you start getting lower than seventeenth. My opinion might change, but seven, if okay. you're, yeah, you know, that's what I, that's just what I think. No, I, I, I think I agree with you. It's just, you know, it's just like, that's a lot of risk you're putting in there. And then you're going to have even worse track position if the worst thing happens. Yeah. But all in all, it didn't really matter. He lost one position yeah. from doing it. But it's an interesting there was a lot to I gain. love the lanes. There was as much I love as, the lanes. There was as much to gain as there was to lose. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah quite literally um similar similar to penske uh andretti autosport they should be better as well yeah. they're in the same kind of boat kirkwood 15th grosjean 19th herda 21st marco andretti 24th and devlin de francesco 26th just middle of the road they've been like this for several years now yikes so weird. Hey, his random poll in 2020 was so weird or was it very bizarre yeah um, yeah, well, it was 2020. Like, yeah. Why? Like, what is going on with these guys? Like, I I don't know. But um, this, it doesn't surprise me, but it does surprise me because you look at them and like everywhere else this year and even like, were they that fast? Yeah, they haven't been fast at Indy for a while, really, actually. So it's just like Team Penske. They can be fast. I mean, well, we just saw Scott McLaughlin. Versus Roman Grosjean at Barber a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Some of the fastest guys all season. Kyle Kirkwood's won um, Long Beach. Jo- uh, these two teams, they're winning races, but then they get to Indy and they don't know what to do. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, it's very weird. It's like a curse almost. Yeah. I, I don't know. But again, Indy's... Maybe well, maybe it's because we have no other speedways on the schedule. Could be. Wait, Penske's good at Texas. Penske yeah. has sucked at Indy ever since they took Pocono off the schedule. I don't think that's it. Zach. No, but... I think that's it. Jo- uh, I-, I was called you Joseph. <laughs> it's my middle name. You can call me Joseph. <laughs> it's spelled differently. But... Alex Joseph Newgarden. <laughs> but, that's his name. That's his full no. government name. <laughs> but no, Andretti... Very interesting. They're worse than Penske. I think Penske was actually where they are like two years ago, they've like in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they've made steps. Yeah, like you know. and Kirkwood seems to be the only car of Andretti that's like really capable of running like consistently good. Fifteenth, uh, he's been Kirkwood's been top five in some practice sessions this month. I think if any of them are going to like compete for the win, it'll be Kirkwood. Yeah, but, maybe Grosjean. And, and by the if way, they give Grosjean some track position. Yeah. But again, True. strategy. You need strategy to do that. Um, what what about our F one star? Uh, what about Colton Herta? 
<laughs> or F1 star, Colton Herta. Twenty uh, first just doesn't have the speed, man. There's just not even, look- but there's only twenty cars in F1. How is he twenty first? <laughs> that was a good joke. True. <laughs> that was a good joke. That was good. But I don't know. Very frustrating for Andretti. And Obviously. by the way, Marco called their speed embarrassing. He was like very mad in an interview at one point. Marco went out there like six times on Saturday. Like he was out there all the time. I'd look, I was, I'd be playing Zelda and I'd look up and Marco Andretti's back on the racetrack. And I don't know if you saw this. There was a tweet <laughs> apparently on the pylon at one point. It said Mario Andretti when Marco was up for a lap. So. <laughs> The joke on the tweet was, oh my gosh, Mario's going for a lap in Marco's car. <laughs> it was funny. Thing, wait. <laughs> I don't know where this joke is going to go. It's like, what if they put Mario in, in in one of these Andretti's? I bet he beats everyone but Kirkwood. <laughs> Kirkwood's just on uh, in- Inventable, or however you say that word. <laughs> That'd be funny. A uh, few more little notes here. Uh, Callum Eilat with Junkos. That car was evil the 77 was just pure evil well wrecking every single session he managed to get it together the car and everything and qualified in with p28 and then augustine canapino had a huge save at one point i don't know if you saw that i think i did see that his big whoa it was crazy uh he got 27th first indy 500 for him um i thought i was gonna be the one going home by the way he was like very very slow which would have been car was just evil yeah it's always have been sad it's always i mean it's always shocking when a full-time team goes goes home as we saw yesterday so mm-hmm. um you know i i'm glad both of them made it in um barely Me right too. but um it, it's important for that team to have both of these cars yeah. in the 500 um able motorsports they are an indy next yeah. team who is making their indy 500 debut uh, they have R.C. Enerson in the car, who attempted, I believe, last year, yeah. the year before, whatever. It was last year, year. They didn't. They bumped it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they did not make it. Or was it last uh, year? So Enerson, or maybe it was the year before. Because did they did they have bump day last year? I don't think they did. I don't think this they last did. week. I can't remember. It all blends. Together. I remember. Yeah, um, that's why they did the new Fast Twelve and stuff, just so there was more yeah. stuff on Sunday. So I whenever th- think, yeah, last time they did bump day. He missed. Yeah, the last time they did bump day, Enerson was bumped. He was slow. Like make his Indy 500 debut. He was yeah. slow, but I mean, he comes here and qualifies in on Saturday. I mean, that's that's yeah. where where did he I mean, qualify? I believe he's just ahead of the Junkos cars. Okay, so like twenty. Like I six? think he's like twenty or twenty like fifth, maybe. Oh, maybe that's awesome. Around there, that's perfect for them. Yeah. Um. Slay of the Week, NBC Sports. Kind of wrap this segment up a bit. Perfect. Incredible. They have been building the storylines all month long. They have a, I think you could name a driver, and you could be like, oh, yeah, this driver's doing that and that, because NBC said this, and they're going through that. It's just like they have nailed down this whole field, and they're telling each one's story yeah. perfectly. And the Rahal Letterman-Lanigan storyline was building... From the since the April test, honestly, yeah. because Ray Hall was slow then as well. It's just been building, and when Ilot was having his issues, they were all going in like, "Is he going to be able to figure it out to make it in? Is he going to have to go to Bump Day?" He got it in, and they were very triumphant about it. And they're building the whole who's going to get poles? It could be Ganassi, a McLaren, could Penske sweep in? No, and <laughs> but, but yeah, NBC Slay of the Week as always, oh, yeah. phenomenal. And 
our friend Jackson Todd made a tweet saying, "Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up." NBC, the Daytona 500. Just let NBC do it once, like with this current era, and see how it goes. Because they treat this so seriously, man. Like it's a big deal, and you know it's a big deal. Yeah, they did. They really put the work in. in. They put the work in, and you can tell. They do because it shows. Even like, even. When they have Rutledge doing stuff around the track, you they he Rutledge yeah. is putting the work in, telling you about like yeah. so many cool things of, at the track. Like I, the whole, the entire crew, every single part of it is just put together so well. You see, like NASCAR guys like Steve Latart, I feel like actually do a really good job learning. Like he's he learned a lot about IndyCar ever since he's taken this job. I'm pretty sure, like because he's he's he was a NASCAR guy, but. He's able to transfer some of that knowledge, but learn all this new knowledge, and he's able to really educate the viewer at home if need be and explain things perfectly. Like it's it's perfect. It is literally perfect. Is. And the whole broadcast flows smoothly. Lee Townsend and uh, uh James, you can't get a better booth. You really can't. This probably this is probably the best TV booth we've had in years oh, years and years maybe decades yeah. honestly <laughs> like it's really good i mean and yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna be at the race on sunday but i'm gonna go back and watch the replay like nbc is that good i will go watch the whole race again and on tv alex like, remember that good the, y'all won't know what i'm talking about but remember that splatoon video i showed you last week about like and this yeah, will, yeah. this connects to motorsports i guess but sometimes we don't need the commentators to educate me on everything that's going on. Sometimes I just need Lee Diffie to raise his voice when 235 pops up. Yeah. I don't need to know how that car is going that fast. But I need. But Lee Diffie, make sure you know that that's a big deal. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Lee Diffie is able to make single car qualifying exciting and now it is exciting don't get me wrong like i could watch it and be interested without lee diffie but like he's able to convert that into more excitement right and townsend and hinchcliffe they do the same thing especially when um able to kind of note and show when the car's getting loose and they'll oftentimes you go whoa like when it when it happens yeah yeah yeah. so you can't get better than it you really can't and you're right i would love to see them Love to see them do the 500. Um, I would love to see NBC do a race that isn't like you know late in the season, right? That's not about the playoffs because yeah. they're always talking about the playoffs because that's when all of the races Rightfully are. So, so um, that'd be kind of cool to see. But yeah, I I would love for NASCAR to alternate the Daytona 500 again. I don't think that'll happen, but um, that was cool. That'd be great. But. Uh, time to go back to Bump Day because we mentioned it, but we didn't actually say it. Yeah, let's talk um, about this. How how would we make it better? Because we said that we really like it. The intensity was crazy. The I don't drama's think this perfect. format. I mean, I'm I'm screaming I don't in my kitchen. Have yesterday. what happened? Yeah, I don't think you would have what would happen with Harvey with this format. So without this format, I mean. So Zach, tell me. Tell our listeners what you told me, what you would do, yeah, the format you would do. I'm not like 100% on this idea, um, but my idea was that you kind of do what you do with the... No, not really. So what you do is basically you're going to do three rounds, and each round you're locking one car in. So you start with the everyone that did not make the top 30. So let's say we have these four cars. Um, have them all make one run. The fastest one gets locked into the 500, so 31st. 
Um, then the three others that are not locked in yet, um, they make more. They each of them make another run. Um, thirty second gets locked in, and then it's a, you know, the last last round. One more run for thirty third. Um, I think even with that, you don't get the drama with Harvey and Ray Hall. Maybe I don't know because I be the issue. The issue with this format. Let's talk about that first because. The issue is that Ray Hall is not going out because if you go out, you lose your time. And the last thing you want to do is take yourself out of the 500, literally. Um, when there's no guarantee yeah. that Harvey's going to go faster. And, I mean, Alex, let's think about this. Jack Harvey is going back out on a run on what? what did they even change tires? Do we know? I, he must have, right? But they, I think they must have. Yeah, right, well, right. But his engine's not cooled because apparently mm-hmm. it's, that's so important. And then they make an adjustment. Um, but you know his his engine's not cooled. How is he supposed to go faster? Well, he did. Yeah, that he wasn't supposed to, but he did. That's just how it. That's just how it happened. So yeah. So with with your format, you're basically saying do like a fast twelve, fast six situation, but with just the back row people yeah so the th- yeah, g- to of. get rid of all the dead time where there's no mm-hmm. one on the track because the whole strategy is you go out late to force someone's mm-hmm. hand basically so maybe what they could do is lock in first two spots on the last row do the fast 12 come back and do the rest of bump day with the final two or however many extra cars there are that might be cool and do that and then come back to fast six because then you would never have dead time for the cooling of the engines but then again i don't think you get a moment like you did with harvey and the only issue with this is what if there's a year where there's like a lot of cars that are going to miss the show then that takes kind of a while so that's why they changed it up to be like a last row showdown yeah instead of like that proper bump day. Yeah. Which, and I know, like, people like David Land will say, you know, he just wants traditional bump day, and I understand that, but there is, again, there's something intense about having to come back the next day, that sleepless night, only yep. four guys fighting for the last few spots, that, there's something about that that's just, is, again, man. as I've said, there's nothing else like it in motorsports. Um, So, no, I don't know. And, but... I love the format they have right now, but it's not perfect. Yeah, That's why we I think, you know, wanted to suggest this little thing here. I think, honestly, instead of doing what I said, I'd rather they just, like, tweak the rules a little bit. Like, maybe, maybe have, like, a bit of time where the clock can get extended if someone goes out really late. So, it's like, I don't know how to explain this. Like... Then the clock would just keep getting extended. Not forever, though. Like, it would have to have a limit, but it's like... See, that's the mm. problem with it. It's... I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know if I like that, necessarily. Or, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Or maybe, like, in the last 20 minutes, you can only make one run. So it's like... Th- yeah. That actually might be good, because then it's like you have actual incentive to go back... To go run in the middle of the session, but... Again, then do we see Jack Harvey just going right back out in... So I on so here's the thing honestly I think it might actually be fine because really skill issue on Graham Ray Hall's team not Graham Ray Hall because I, I agree. think the weight jacker was having an issue but like Graham probably could have gone back out there and went faster yes mm-hmm. 
You're taking yourself out of the 500. Yes, there's no guarantee that the 30 car is going to go faster. But guess what? He did. Especially if you knew something was wrong with your car. Or I don't know if they were able to get it fixed. That might also kind of contributed. But it's, it's like if you knew your run wasn't perfect or wasn't good enough, if you know that you can do better, go back out there and get it faster. Right? Get 32nd right. or and 31st so you don't have to worry about it anymore. You know? The other problem that they had was they had the 51 of Stingray Rob out there as well. Is like, oh, we have the 51 and 32nd. You had Ray Hall 33rd, Harvey 34th, and out. So they talked to one of their engineers, like, so what's the plan? Well, the plan was Harvey go and leapfrog the 51, then have Ray Hall go out and leapfrog the 51 as well. But they, they admitted this engineer for one of the teams, I think. He basically said, yeah, that's ideally what we want to happen, but we can't expect that to happen. So, yeah. Which, so, but. I don't know. I, I like think it. The f- I like the format. I wouldn't even be mad if they didn't change it. Do we like um, Fast 12, Fast 6? How do you feel about that? Um, Yeah, because I think yesterday's, all of yesterday's qualifying, it didn't feel like it took too much time. Honestly. I loved it, personally. I'm not, I didn't like it last year, because there was, they had to go right back out there again. They didn't really get time to, like, make adjustments or anything. Yeah. But that was because there wasn't a bump day, Last, right? It's funny, so I, because they did it so that the year without a bump day, it felt more full, but it actually made it yeah. feel worse because it's just like, why are we just seeing these guys again? But now it's like, yeah. the f- but I, no. I really like this. Mm-hmm. This was a really nice format in my opinion. And I'm fine if they keep doing it like yeah. that. Um, so overall we loved Indy 500 qualifying. It's the best in the yeah, world. I would and... never get rid of the last row shootout. I think it's cool. So no, you, you're just great. I want them to make a way, make it work. Because um, I think it works good enough. So, yeah. So but yeah, we love. Stick around to the you know. end. Stick around to the end of the episode. We'll make our Indy 500 predictions yeah. at the end of the episode. Talk more about who we're gonna look at for this weekend. But um, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and take a break as we get ready for the tea. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, the tea, where we talk about the latest and greatest in motorsports gossip. Um, Alex. Lewis Hamilton is a driver who's very into the fashion scene, has a great sense of fashion. Um, how do you think he would look in, I don't know, red? I think he'd look really good in red. Maybe yellow? Maybe a little bit of I yellow gold? I think a lot of know? people, especially some people with a lot of money, would think he would look good in red. Because apparently, Ferrari is set to offer Lewis Hamilton... Um, and what would be about $43 million to join Ferrari in F1. That crazy. is crazy. So, so what is before, the team? What's going on with this? Before we recorded, I was scrolling my YouTube sub box. Just like, what can I watch while I kill time before we record? And I saw a video by Tomo, who's my favorite uh, F1 YouTuber. Zach, you actually introduced me to him. You're welcome. Uh, he had a video about, like, what if Lewis Hamilton went to Ferrari? And I was like, oh, it's probably some hypothetical. Okay. He says at the start, this is rumored, by the way. I'm like, huh? This huh? is rumored? Rumored. So, so like I how Kyle Busch is leaving Joe Gibbs? <laughs> yeah. I I did some research, and there's, like, articles 
everywhere. Like Sky Sports has an article about it. Uh, the one I put in their Google Doc is from the Independent. There, like it. This is apparently a thing that I don't know if it'll actually happen. But like, this is like a real rumor that Lewis Hamilton is going to be offered by Ferrari to replace Carlos Sainz. But in the article, it also says there's a scenario where Mercedes and Ferrari could swap Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton. And again, I don't know. If this is you know even real. Like it's a rumor. They're kind of cooking. Um, For yo, Mercedes is cooking. I don't know. If Lewis Hamilton, here's the thing: Lewis Hamilton is great, but he's old. He's well, he's not that old, but he's getting old for an F1 driver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's definitely questions about his driving. A bit. Well, I don't know. Mercedes is just slow. Sorry, no. Mercedes yeah. is slow. It's so hard to judge driver talent in F1. It's so hard, right? I don't but know. When you think about it, I think a Lewis at Ferrari. And a Charles at Mercedes might be better for both drivers right now. Why? Tell me. I, I'm not saying because, I disagree. I'm just curious on what your thinking is. Okay. So my thinking is, and Tomo actually said this in a video. I was like, huh, that'd be really cool. Is Charles Leclerc, who's more likely to catch Red Bull? Ferrari or Red Bull? Or Mercedes. Red Bull? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, ball, I yeah. don't know. Sergio's no. not really catching Max, so maybe it's for. So, so think about it. Who would, who's more? Sorry. Who's more likely to catch Red Bull, Mercedes? Let me get it right this time. Or Ferrari? Um, this almost feels like a trick question. <laughs> Mercedes? I, I think, think. I don't I know. Think it's Mercedes. Okay. Okay. It should I be Ferrari, it's but it's not. It's not. <laughs> They're gonna. Right. They. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Ferrari is going to be able to put a structure together to catch Red Bull like properly. But if Lewis Hamilton were to go over there, I think Lewis Hamilton would really be like, this is what you should be doing. I have the experience. Do this. True. You know, change these things here. That's true. And because we saw Michael Schumacher do something kind of like that. I know it's a different situation, but Michael Schumacher really helped revitalize Ferrari. And if anyone would be able to kind of come in and be like, hey, you should do this and that, why wouldn't you want Lewis Hamilton? You would, that's like, I the understand you want. why Ferrari... Huh. I understand why Ferrari is like, here's $43 million, 40 million euros, and help us out. I don't know. Like, I... That's a good if point. this is real, and first, if this is real, crazy. But if it happens, that's even crazier. Yeah. And then Charles, obviously... He's just in a bit of a better car, I guess. And I mean, it's, yeah. I think Charles has even felt the frustration of he is carrying that team most of the time. Yeah. And he's been let down and by something happening, not in his control, countless times this, this yeah. season alone. And the articles say there's several scenarios. That's just one of them. The other is Lewis just goes and replaces signs. And I guess Signs would go to Mercedes. And they mention in the articles is like, hey, Signs has a contract through 2024. So I guess there'd have to be like some sort of swap or something. I don't know exactly what happened there. But Toto Wolf and Lewis Hamilton both say that they expect a new deal to be reached with Lewis. Um, I don't know. This is just interesting. I don't think it's gonna happen. 
But this reminds me of Kyle Bush and Joe Gibbs. It does. I'm sorry. Way, right? It does. Like it does. Oh, we expect to reach a deal. Well, Joe Gibbs also expected to reach a deal. So exactly. No. But that kind of language is just like I. I've been here before, man. I don't know about that. We'll see. I don't know either, man. I think uh, we're looking. We're not. I. I think we're going to talk about this again. We're talking about this again on I the podcast, so aren't we? Um, so I can see it. Developing story. New side quest unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> or so, what do they call it? Side adventure? <laughs> um, and you know what else could be a side adventure for some older people out there? Uh-huh. They might have to go and find <laughs> a streaming service for the NASCAR Xfinity series. I ain't downloading no Huku and Ro- Rolo and... I ain't doing all that. I want to see me some NASCAR. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> this came out, I think, just after we recorded last week. And so the thing is, is that NASCAR is shopping because, you know, the TV deal for 2025 and beyond is active right now. And first things first, Fox and NBC are expected to return. We've said that before. A handshake deal is apparently expected to be said and done by July 4th. Um, and we've also told you guys that uh, it is likely that we'll have a six-race summer stretch similar to TNT, but on a streaming platform. Right. Now we have heard that the Xfinity series is being shopped around as streaming exclusive, with Amazon being the favorite. Well, what? You know, it makes so, sense. Yeah, at first I was like, this is kind of weird. Let's but... look at who's sponsoring this series. Oh, it's an internet company. Hmm. So, hmm. I think if this happens, I don't think you get Xfinity because that is owned by Comcast, which is NBC. I think if it were saying oh, Peacock, my maybe. Dumb. Oh, but... I'm dumb. Sorry. Well, okay, yeah, you're not right. Never mind. <laughs> but I, I see where you're. I see where you were going. You were cooking. I was burnt, cooking. I was just okay. cooking. I was cooking seafood for someone who's allergic. <laughs> um, in one of these, it was, it's by the Sports Business Journal, by the way, by John Oren and Adam Stern's been sharing every article about this. Um, it sounds like Amazon is the favorite for this and the six race summer stretch, similar to TNT for the Cup. This would be crazy. be crazy. A NASCAR series exclusively on streaming. It'd be on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, like the delivery service, what if they you call would it, get access to this. What if they call it the Amazon Prime series? That'd be cool. What if the, what be if cool. Amazon... Because, like, what? Xfinity probably wouldn't want to sponsor it at that point, right? I don't think so. And the Xfinity deal ends in tw- after 2024, just Ooh. like the TV deal. It was signed with NBC. The Amazon series. Coming into the racing. The Amazon pr- the Prime yeah. se- The Amazon Prime. That's... that's mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That's kind of cooking. And you know, Amazon does own a lot of other things as well. Like, they own Whole Foods. I don't think they do Whole Foods, but that's just an example. They could, like, do one of their smaller companies and make that be the yeah. title sponsor. You know. A lot of things, and at first, I was very like reluctant to this idea. I was like, I don't know if it's a good idea going all in on all streaming. Like, I thought maybe like a fourth or maybe a half of Xfinity or truck races would be like, you know, I could see that for the next TV package, but a full season, man. But, you know, things are going to change. And 
I don't think it would hurt to try and grow a single series, arguably your best series, behind streaming and be like, this is our, this is what we got on streaming. Hey, young people, check this out. Yeah. Cause like, and watch on Sunday on Fox or NBC. Imagine, imagine they try doing this with like trucks. I feel like you have a little bit more difficulty with trucks because the schedule's not as consistent. The yeah. racing is weird. They're trucks. Mm-hmm. Like, but Xfinity, that's different. You know, it, they're still yeah. cars. The racing's really good. There's a lot that you can work with there to sell it. So. Yep. I'm excited to see where this goes because I think it's a, not the worst idea. It really isn't. I mean, no. it's going to happen one I've, day. Yeah, I hope I've it, really warmed up to the idea. I hope they make it. I hope they make the the cars electric to really make the people mad. You mean I got pay <laughs> for for the streaming, and these cars sound like bumblebees. So I just think that'd be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is my. <laughs> One concern is, of course, the older audience. Like, a lot of them are not going to understand. However, majority of people in this country have Amazon Prime. And if you're going to do streaming, that's probably the right option. The best option. Quite frankly. Also, who's watching Xfinity? I know Xfinity is good, but who's... People ain't watching. Some people literally only watch Cup. So it's like... Yeah. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I mean, Xfinity gets a little bit more people to watch than an average IndyCar race, I believe. Okay. So you get around a million people. That's probably like the core NASCAR base. Yeah. So I think, honestly, if they do it right with the marketing and everything, they could really do something right here with having a streaming-only series. It's just that they're going to have to nail it. Like, this is a risk if they do it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see. And also, I wonder if this means we'll have a different TV crew if this happens. Like, will the six cup races? Alan like, Beswick. Will who will Amazon who will Amazon pick as like their booth and everything? Like, this ain't confirmed or anything, but it really sounds like it's happening. Like, they all, but, like, you know, like that's names, exciting to think. Their about. names have to start with A. <laughs> Alan Beswick, um, Eric Amarola. <laughs> Eric Al- or, oh, yeah. or Adam okay. Alexander. Okay. You can do Adam Alexander oh. too, but that's not true. True. Um, I don't know. <laughs> who's a Who's a third? Who's a crew chief? Trying to think. Like uh, I don't know. Someone Someone tweet us. Tweet us uh, like a crew chief or another driver that could be in there. That's realistic. Yeah. Not tell like, us. Yeah. No. Tell us your Amazon. That's a funny Amazon concept. They all have to. St- it's like the it's like the construction guys in Zelda. <laughs> God, I like it. That's all funny. right. Um, um, this is a really cool one. So y- you can say his name. <laughs> yeah, it's not Burger Zach. It's not. Last time we said his name on here, you said Gisberger or something. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. The three-time Supercars champion down in Australia is going to drive for Project 91 at Chicago on the 4th of July, making his Cup Series debut. Cool. This has been rumored for a while. Very excited to Did see Did Project 91 race at Coda? Yes. Was that Raikkonen. Reik- oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, good. Because I want to see more it, starts out of this car. That's just what I'm... I, me I, too. I just feel like we don't see this car enough honestly i agree like i understand I, it's a special thing it's hard logistically but come on bro <laughs> come, yeah. I, I hope we start I, saying it more 
I've only watched maybe like five supercars races around at weird times yeah. uh, for the U.S. But I know but this guy's name. This guy has been dominant ever since Scott McLaughlin left the series. He's just been the guy. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting to see how he does in a cup car. I can't wait those to hear what he's going to say. Like a stock car. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. So I, I mean. He's probably more used to the more aggressive kind of fender to fender racing than wouldn't you think, right? Yeah, I I would think so, but it might be a bit. It might be definitely a bit more, more than what they do over there. Under. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but I'm wondering how far the scale is for him, or how far on the spectrum that kind of racing is for him, and what he's really mm-hmm. gonna say about this kind of racing. So. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to see, but that's exciting. Got another little all-star there going to Chicago. Jimmy's going to be there, too, of course, and we'll see if anyone else is going to join the party. So, is someone else I'm assuming. I'm assuming this means no Sonoma for the 91, because Chicago's after. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume they're going to do Watkins Glen again. I'm trying you to think what think. other... There's the Roval yeah. and... Uh... That is... There's well, no there's, there's no road, road America courses. anymore. Yeah, there's six road courses though. Watkins Glen, Watkins Glen, Sonoma, Chicago, Coda, Charlotte, Roval. What? What's the other one? We're dumb. We're dumb for not knowing this. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. What is it? I'm blanking. It's we have Sonoma, Watkins Glen, Charlotte, Roval, Coda, Chicago. <laughs> what is the sixth one? What? Is, it, is there just is it in the room with us right now? Oh, Indianapolis Road Course. Oh, duh! <laughs> That's because it should be an oval race. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of actual road courses. That's why I couldn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, Indianapolis Road Course. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to run anything there. Probably not. They should get one of the IndyCar drivers to do it. Come on. I'm not. That'd be so cool. Like, get one that's not in the um, championship battle or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like Graham Ray Hall. Oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm a fan of Colton Herta, but like I had to I had to take that. Um Did you you heard what I said, right? <laughs> you said Graham Ray Hall? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> um shall we talk about the All Star race? <gasps> the All Star race? The race with only all-star... Yes, let's talk about the all-star race. The NASCAR all-star race at North Wilkesboro. Oh, my God. It's the biggest race ever. I know I said the Indy 500 is the biggest race in the world. This is the biggest race ever in all of oh the stars. Um, Such a big deal. <laughs> was this race actually like a big deal when we were like nine? Or was that just it, Fox? Yeah. Was that just Fox like hyping it? Because I was just thinking about that on my drive this morning. I'm like, man, the commercials and like winning a million dollars is a huge deal, and only the all stars are in this race. And I have to say, there was some magic this weekend. I don't know if the all star magic is back though. You know, it was more North Wilkesboro magic and kind of nostalgia magic like we kind of got at Darlington for a few years um but this is the first um cup race at this track since 1996 mm-hmm. neither me or Alex were born then so I think that also kind of plays a part into this because it's not like 
Alex, not like we really care about this track coming back. No, really? And I don't mean that to be rude. I just mean that the hey, I don't have an emotional attachment to this track. That North Wilkesboro right. was not in the NASCAR video games we played growing up, right? It's no. different if I mean maybe for you it's different if they bring back Rockingham. I don't know if that was in your time or not. That'd be cool. It well, yeah. Cool. I it wouldn't be cool for me. I started watching in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, so I wouldn't care. See, one of my one of, I remember Matt Kenseth just barely beating Casey yeah. Kane at Rockingham. I think that was oh four. Yeah, like, so that's I, the thing. Rockingham's it's, fun, and it was in the video games too. God, like, so when yeah. you, I started watching in two thousand seven. That was right after they stopped getting rid of all like the the really old tracks. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know. I, I guess I want Chicago to come back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you I, know, I understand, you know, this is a huge uh-huh. deal. It's North Wilkesboro. This was, um, I don't, was it one of the greatest tracks? Cause I heard people saying that, well, it wasn't actually that good back in the day. I don't know. It, which that annoys me because we've heard for how many years on Twitter, bring back North Wilkesboro. It's the greatest truck of ever. And then like, the same people are like, well, it wasn't that great, actually. It's just oh, like, for real? It, tell that to the person that just spent $20 million on it, dude. Or the government, whatever. Um, You're going to tell the president that? <laughs> I just like... Why are you going to tell Joe that? I, oh, God. <laughs> I just... But either way, like, it's cool. Um, yeah. I liked how old the track was, just in terms of the surface. Everyone's talked about how... You know, they updated everything that needed to be updated, but they still, they did their absolute best to keep the the old kind of vibe as it was, um, just, you know, yeah. restored, which is exactly what I think you would expect. Um, and this was obviously our first race on this track, watching as fans. And um, Alex, what did you think? That was pretty cool. There, there was this wide shot at one point that Fox did. They came there from commercial. They were showing like behind the grandstands. They still have like the NASCAR Winston Cup Series logo there, like on the back of the grandstand. That's really cool. Um, hope they keep that. That's really neat. I think that's cool. um, yeah, yeah. And you know, I I was one of those people. that was like, they're never going to race there again, and they wouldn't have if we didn't have the pandemic. That's the only reason this that's track crazy exists to me. because of all the mo- money they got from the government. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy that we got to see this happen. I know this is something that people have wanted for years and years and years and years. I, I think it's really cool. Honestly, they NASCAR and SMI, they could have used that money for something else. They didn't have to use it on North Wilkesboro. They could have used it to bulldoze they Texas. Could have, they could have put it all toward Texas. Right. But they didn't. They wanted to make some fans happy and go back to North Wilkesboro. Yeah. And when we, I was telling you this, this track reminded me of Richmond, like in like 2009. And I think it might just be because it was a night race on a short track. But like, I, I really liked that. And I wouldn't mind if they had added this to the regular schedule. Like this like... was a it was a solid race. It wasn't like mind blowing, but like it put on a good show. Yeah. It's capable of putting on a race and everything. Um, you know, I I was gonna say earlier, um, the only tracks we've you and I have seen that are like new are like all the ones they've added in the last like five years. Yeah, you know, like Gateway Chicago when they did Daytona Road Course, like all the new stuff recent. It was. 
for the past like five years, most recent tracks were Chicago and Kansas in 2001. Yeah. You know, like we haven't, you and I haven't really been able to see new tracks. We had to discuss, I guess, Kentucky in 2011 as well. But it's just like we haven't been able to see these new tracks come onto the schedule. So for us, it's like this is brand new. Like this is really cool to see firsthand. Yeah, I love, I wouldn't say I love New Orleansboro, but I I love that it's they cool. did it. And it's a good track. It's a really cool. Thing. I think the car yeah. does not show how good the track is, obviously. And right. Because it's not even just like a normal little short track. It's uphill one way, downhill the other way. The turns are weird. They're See, not the uphill downhill. I didn't know that about the track. Yeah. That's so cool. I think yeah, that was like, cool. we need more unique ovals like that. So I want this track on the we schedule. Do. I almost I said this on Twitter. I feel like the throwback race should be here. I agree. It's or at least not right after Darlington. Like it's just so geographically and of course this throwback weekend back to back is just so it feels yeah. a, very redundant or overdone um so i would like to see something change I, with that i don't know if this is a hot take but i wouldn't mind if darlington only had one race being southern 500 see, i was going to say that i think if the schedule got shortened i'm fine with darlington only having one one race same and then north wilkesboro's the 500 or the fi- what? I'm sorry. The throwback race. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> five hundred, like Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I made Daytona, North Wilkesboro. I think when I made in. a custom schedule, I said five hundred laps at Nashville Fairgrounds. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Isn't that a half mile? I think so. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, Darlington obviously, I think, has a little bit more history as a track, just because it was the first super speedway for NASCAR. So like. I get mm-hmm. that part, but I mean, there's certainly more of a throwback vibe with that entire track, right? It wasn't just yeah. the cars or even the crews. The The track was playing a part into it as well with the old surface, yeah. the aesthetics around it. So um, that'd be something I would like to see played with possibly, but I wouldn't mind I mean, a points race for North Wilkesboro like at Zach, this point. They had like the scoreboard. They were having people like flip cars and stuff. Like this, this I thought they were me. just like keeping that for cute to be cute, but like they had people like actually running a manual scoreboard. Yeah. Like yeah, they had this, it changed. To, in my like, opinion, they had it changed to like the, the top race. five of the last race that was run there in like '96, which was cool. But um, for so like cool. when it wasn't being used, I guess. But like <laughs> that was funny. I, I <laughs> yeah, well, they weren't that busy last night. I guess. Well, we'll say that. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But so let's talk about the All Star event, though, and because this has been a debate literally every single year for the last like I I would say since maybe hmm I would I want to say like twenty thirteen yeah like twenty thirteen twenty fourteen ish is when I think the yeah. All Star race you know I as a kid um and as a teenager I thought it was finding out we have it at Charlotte before the six hundred it's an All Star race um there's segment breaks and you know, double or double file restarts were a thing, but it's their segment breaks and these cool little rules and you know, you're you're racing only for the win. It doesn't matter, but you know, as NASCAR has changed, every single race now is an all star race. There's stage breaks, there's you know, it's all about right. winning. So it's like the all star race has suffered because of that, because now it's very hard to separate it from another race. Um even right. you know I, and I loved the simple format, but when you have a simple format such as, you know, the race at North Wilkesboro, 
it becomes even more apparent that it's it's hard it's it's hard to make this race look special in any way when it's su- supposed to be special. Um, so yeah. that's still an issue, and I don't think I I don't think North Wilkesboro solved that issue. But I I told you about this, Alex. That this is best case scenario, right? They used government Monday m- Monday. I cannot talk money to build this racetrack. They or to fix this racetrack. They it's not geographically far from most of the teams. It's not like they're traveling halfway across the country to Texas to do this all star race. It's not like they're tra- traveling um to LA to do an exhibition event because while right. that is cool, it's very expensive for the teams to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um so at least like sure, this all-star race might not have been the greatest, but the vibes were cool and it wasn't that expensive and everyone got to sleep in their own bed that night. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's I think for an exhibition race, it's hard to complain about that in my opinion. Yeah. For me, the All-Star Race, I would rather they give the teams an extra weekend off, quite frankly. However, I see what you're saying. And also, I think it's good for NASCAR to have a weekend where they like try new things out. And I wish they would have tried a different aero package for this Why race. didn't they? Like, I think... Why didn't they? Yeah. I think the but, what has been working to separate the All-Star Race, at least, is that... And you can even say the Bristol one with the lights and the numbers were stupid. That was fun. But at least it was, it fun, was something. <laughs> yeah. Can you, Alex, tell me something about one of the Texas All Star races that wasn't the whole window net controversy? The Texas All Star races. I don't think I can. I think that one Cause... year they made the they did change the package. They just made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but so, you see what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, like the do All-Star something race, fun and it's... new. Like, remove the spoilers yeah. entirely for all I care. Let's see what happens. Like, <laughs> in, in my opinion, I said this last year, I think they should have a cheater's night. They should just let these crew chiefs do whatever they want within safety regulations, of course. Or <laughs> let them let them do whatever. And what do you think Cliff Daniels would show up with? Like a giant spoiler or something? <laughs> like, Come on, let Cliff Daniels go crazy. Let Chad Canals go nuts. Or they inspect the cars, but then they give them 10 minutes in the garage to do anything. I think that's how you keep it safe, but like, and still close. That would, or like maybe half an hour or an hour. I don't know, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, hmm. See, something like that. I was like, make it mean something. There's too much emphasis on the money, in my opinion. Because these guys, most of these guys are already millionaires. Kyle Larson definitely is like, a millionaire. <laughs> he's won this race three times now. Yeah, Slay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, good for him. But I don't know. I I think the All Star Race should either go or make it like a cheaters' night sort of thing. Let the crew chiefs go mad. Yeah. Like, let them at least like... let them be. Let him be their little Frankenstein project and create something crazy. I think this but year, I, yeah. the star of the show this year was the track, right? Like. Yes. The whole uh, experience, and I'll let that pass. But next year, and it's kind of sad, and this is kind of going to your point. Why, like, we have the need to change it every single year and make this big new thing. Like, we're stuck in this cycle um, where the clash, I feel like the clash, there's a little bit less need to do that because it's in LA and it's the Mm -hmm. sports just getting so much attention. Um, 
But then we also talked about with the Clash. Like, the Clash basically is the all-star race. Like, yeah. why have these two events when maybe one year we go to I L.A., the next year we go to North Wilkesboro, the year after that we do a street yeah. race in New York. Um, You know, like... Rebrand the clash to the all-star race. Basically. In my opinion. That's kind of what you have to do. And I'd rather even then maybe you keep a preseason event, but just do it at Daytona like I used to do. And yeah. I understand that might not. I, I don't know. I. It's just, it's weird. Because I think it's just, again, how the regular NASCAR races have changed to where now these pre, the, the exhibition races have lost all of their meaning. Because now there's, not, there's less storylines. There's no storylines of points or playoffs or anything. Because it's just a, right. it's this race doesn't mean anything, which means it, well, it doesn't mean anything. It's a little bit boring, right? If nothing happens, so yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be curious what they do next year. Like maybe they'll have it at Rockingham because that track, by the way, repaved with the same money from COVID, uh, with the American Rescue Plan. They got the same money Rockingham did. They've repaved it. That track has lights now. Maybe we'll have an All Star race at Rockingham next year. Yeah, Bristol. Cool. Like, no, Bristol Dirt should have been the All Star race too. Like, that, that yes, should have been the All Star. Should have been the All Star. Yeah, so it's like, and you know what? Speak of Bristol Dirt, I bet Nashville Fairgrounds would be the All Star race in a few years if that ends up getting approved because what Bristol if, is considered the host for that. What if the All Star race is like this? The the segue or the 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 pipeline for these tracks to get on the schedule? Because I would be fine if North Wilkesboro has a points date. Maybe replacing, mm-hmm. I don't know. It would have to be an SMI track, so I don't know which one you boot. But because you're probably not booting a, a Vegas race, I guess. But so maybe you do right. that, and then next year Nashville Fairgrounds is the All Star race, and then it's on the schedule next year. I don't know, but well, yeah. I I wouldn't. I, I think what you have to do, you have to keep moving this event around. You have to keep doing weird stuff with it. Just it's kind of like a shark. You have to do this to keep it moving, to keep it alive. Because otherwise, it's gonna right. die, and we're not gonna want well, this event anymore. And and Zach, if they do an all star race in North Wilkesboro again next year, it's not. I ain't gonna care. No. You know, like especially after what I saw like, last doing night. Doing this again after what I saw yeah, last night. I, ain't like, gonna... I mean, like there is crowd support there, but like if the product is not there, and I guess we can now kind of go into the race itself. If the product is not really there, why would people go back? They'll go for the truck race. They'll go for the cars tour. They'll go for these late models and wherever. They'll go for the open. (laughs) Yeah, because the open had rain. (laughs) Or the heat race had rain. The open was good, though. The open was good. (laughs) Um, But, Um, yeah, like... Yeah, and that, uh, what I go back to this race not meaning anything, so I'm fine with you know a, as Larson said a good old a, they gave them a whipping right a good old ass whipping, mm-hmm. um that's fine but it didn't mean anything, so I didn't want right. to see that I like want to this, see if this were a points race and he did that it's like oh my god we have something to talk about from the last few weeks yes that's a legit storyline but and it's hard got, to talk about he that. got those five points yeah. that he missed out at Kansas yes. and Darlington. Listen, you didn't get points. This is one example, so, right? And then you could yeah. also maybe talk about Bubba finishing or twenty three eleven in general and their strong run. And yeah, you know. So and you know what, Bubba's right around the cut line right now. Yeah. Those have been huge points. We, but again, we, this race was not points. It doesn't. So. It didn't mean anything, unfortunately. So the All Star yeah. race. Th- this is the race where Chastain is supposed to be making people mad. Like they almost need to put like a bounty or something. 
Why <laughs> did they not put a bounty on Chastain? That would have been so. Well, I guess that's not really fair. Well, that's kind because of he's not winning. I guess that's, that's not why. fair. Put, I know a bounty on. Racing, they go on drivers no, are winning. A bounty on like wrecking him, but I just realized how problematic that would be. So. <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Like camera fell as you were talking about Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain just wrecked my webcam. Um <laughs> That's funny. But no, this race, Kyle Larson dominated. He had a speeding penalty, by the way, and NASCAR socials put up a video of him going through the entire field. Really cool video. But yeah, this race certainly happened. I don't again, I don't have a problem with races like this. It's just like it doesn't matter. This the all star race is supposed to be the crazy stupid race. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was just a basic race. And that's fine. But we're it's the all star race. You know, like the whole branding for this race is supposed to be like Kemper's flair, and they did in he in the open. Um Doesn't this <laughs> always happen really in the race? It's just like always yeah, the all star like race it. can have all of this hype and like the open has actual drama in it. It happens every single year. And then you get to the all-star race and it's just a normal race with the best drivers in the sport that don't make mistakes because they're the best drivers in the sport. Like right. it's just, it's so formulaic formulaic at this point, you know exactly how it's going to work and how it's going to play out. Yeah. What did you think of Michael McDowell? Going after Ty Gibbs. Good. I'm. I, I'm. If I'm NASCAR, I'm paying him a few extra m- monies. I'm. I'm sli- like, that was great. <laughs> like was he made the race so good because he knocked Ty Gibbs back until you know contention to lose his spot in the All Star race. Like that was, that was exactly what I wanted to see. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. If only something like that could happen to Ross Chastain in the All Star race. Right. Like that's. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe drivers aren't going to do that because number one, they can't reach their back bumpers because of the package, and then two, you don't want to do that in a yeah. race with no points. I guess you're just not going to do that. Um, right. So, um, while we're talking about the open and the heat races, well, first let's talk about heat races. Uh, what did you think of the wet weather tires? Um, did you watch that? They need to. I I like that because the track was honestly kind of dry when they were running them. Their lap times mm-hmm. were almost faster than the times they ran on slicks. And I would like to see them experiment with a treaded tire more. Like, just if that's how you... Because there was talks, I guess, of Goodyear making softer slick tires for New Hampshire coming up in a few months and having a softer compound. But um, we saw the wet weather tires. While the falloff wasn't there in the 30 laps, they did wear... Like, they wore a mm-hmm. lot because they're softer and there's not as much contact patch. And I wouldn't... I'm not against the idea of them running that tire in dry conditions. Or at least I want them to try something like that. Like, F1 used to run, like, a grooved yeah. treaded tire. And I don't know. And Denny... I, some people said, like, you know, the truck race that they had at Martinsville was really good with that tire in the dry. So, I... I don't know. I think I'm glad we got to see kind of how it was in the dry because it was it was hard to handle. We saw these these guys moving up the track a lot, and it was cool. Yeah. So I would like to see more of it. But my my only thought is that they need to let them just put it on when they want to. 
oh. throw cautions yeah. and all this. Don't mandate what tire they got to use. Stupid. That's just NASCAR goofy to me. needs to. But I wish like whatever. Who's gonna be the ones to tell the executives how rain racing is supposed to work, or the officials? Like, who's gonna be the one to do that? Because they have no clue. I feel like. The track is in a condition where you can use the wet weather tires. NASCAR should say, hey, you can use those if you want and we'll start the race. Or you can go on your regular tires, you know, like just have some sort of guideline there and then let it play out. Like let the track get to a point where it's like damp or whatever. They can use those tires if they want. Or if it's like sprinkling, they can start the race. I just don't. You kill the whole purpose if you're gonna have wet weather tires. You're gonna throw I a think yellow. I like almost get the point of like in the situations where they throw it for when it starts raining, because I think they mm-hmm. see that as a safety issue. You know. Yeah. But as the track dries up, no. You why are you throwing a caution for when the track is right. drying up? That's not a safety issue. That's a let the teams figure out when they need to put the um put the slicks back on, dude. Come on. Right, but don't they do this on the road courses too? They do this on the I'm, same thing. I am one hundred percent sure. If it starts raining, yep. If it starts raining, yeah. they throw the caution. And again, I said that's it, fine, fine. But you do not, and they do this on the road courses. I'm pretty sure because it happened. Did it happen at Daytona Road Course? I don't know, but they don't. Maybe. Or yeah. did? Maybe they do. Wait a minute. What? I feel. Remember Maybe when Ty what? Dillon won that stage at mm-hmm. the Roval? Because he put slicks back on before everyone else. So maybe they don't. don't. Know, but it- maybe well, maybe they don't throw the caution when it starts drying out. But they did for this heat race. So I don't know. It's it's weird. They in, need to figure that. No, out. No, that's inconsistent. They need to. Yeah, they need to do what they normally do. Then, so whatever. Yeah. Um, we touched on everything. Uh, let's talk about Fox because I holy smoly, but holy smoly, uh, Daryl Waltrip was in the booth. I had fun with this, and Larry Mack was there too. Again, actual the throwback back weekend. together. Actual throwback weekend. This was yeah. a better throwback booth than whatever we had last week. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. So, and Clint, was Clint was there. I told him to shut up. He did a pretty good job of not talking too much. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I will say if they did not put Larry in there, this booth would have been a disaster. Oh my god! <laughs> it would like right. this would have just been a train wreck. Larry's thankfully like, they could all bounce off Larry. Well, Larry's Larry's brain is like bigger than DW's and Clint's combined, so it's like he's able to yes. balance all of that out. Like he's just like it, it works so well. And Larry, Larry in the booth. Is so different than Larry in the studio. He's a right? natural. He is so yeah, he natural is at commentating play by play, or not. I guess he, or you know what I mean, because he's technically not color doing, commentary. Yeah. He's great at it. He's great at it. Um, he knows exactly what to talk about. Um, and then still offers his really smart engineering perspective. So, mm-hmm. man, I love him in the booth, and I hope this. I want to see him in the booth again. Like, I hope maybe this is a, a tryout of a four-man booth at Fox, and maybe they're seeing how it works, and they'll shove Larry in with Kevin Harvick and Boyer and Mike Joy next year. No way. Like, no way. That 
I'm hoping that's what they were doing. This is a four-man booth. I don't think Fox has done that yet, right? Well, I mean, I guess because what NBC does a four-man booth, so yeah. I mean, yeah. So it could work. It's not too. It didn't feel too crowded, especially. Hold on, Alex. It didn't feel too crowded with DW and Clint Boyer. See what I'm saying? You're right. Because remember Bristol. Remember Bristol Dirt last year, and they had DW in there. And the only analysis Boyer had the entire race was, LOL, DW's old. That was the <laughs> only, only I remember that. <laughs> Boyer had all race long. And he did that a couple times, but it, it was, I think it was more funny because he only did it like once or twice. Yes. Right. Holy smoly. Because, yeah, holy smoly. Like Boyer wasn't awful, <laughs> but Larry Mack was man in the ship. Because he kept those two in control because he kept talking. Yep. It was great. Daniel Suarez in that 99 car. Like, he he was on top of it. He's so good. <sighs> I'm hoping I'm right. And that's what they're planning. I, they're probably not. But I oh, want. I hope so. Listen. Oh, God. Yeah. I want. That would be a good booth. Him, Larry, Mike, Harvick, um, Clint. That'd be a crud booth. I would like. In G- my opinion, they should still have. They should still have Clint Boyer doing little Rutledge Wood side quests. Actually, yeah, personally. put Jamie in that booth. Sorry, but, put Jamie in that booth. Yes. Sorry. By the way, Jamie McMurray was so funny in the little pre-race segment that they did. He's great. I didn't watch He's it. so good at TV. I, I think he was in the booth for either the Heats or the Open. He was for the Open, and yeah. Larry was for the Heats, if I remember right. That was good. So, yeah. um. Are we ready to go into fantasy? Big moment here. Did we? Wait, yeah, we did talk about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we are ready to talk about fantasy. Oh, boy. Holy here smoly. Here we go again, Zach. Holy smoly. Holy smoly. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you ready for your ass kicking? I'm ready. I loved. I'm Ky- Alex, you need to I'm, shut your mouth. I'm Kyle I'm a, Larson. I'm literally about to pick the winner of this race. I don't think you're ready for that. So... Just in case everyone forgot, last year I picked... We're going to do Mon- Monaco picks as well, by the way. I don't have that in the doc, Oh, we will. Okay. Um, Last year I picked Monaco winner, Perez, and I picked Indy 500 winner, Erickson. And I also picked Chastain for the 600 last year, and that almost happened. So I almost got the triple last year, and Zach's talking big game out here. With zero points on the board in IndyCar. No, I'm going to win the Indy 500. You? Yes. That's your pick? Hmm? Dreamy Zach is your pick. <laughs> You're funny. I got my pick typed out. Okay. Are you ready? Um, are we do are we doing F1 first? Oh, are we? I guess so. Yeah. Sorry, I know I don't I don't have it in the docs. Right. Are we doing um, it like are we doing it how we normally do, or are we just gonna do genuine picks? Yeah. Like let's just do how we usually do for F1. Okay. Alright. Well let me type so, that. So yeah, pick. Monaco. We don't we don't really care as much. I ain't gonna be watching. Don't be already at the track when this is happening. Yeah. All right. Ready? Yep. Let's just throw it at the wall. Three, water. two, one. Right. Okay. So we both picked we Sergio both pick Perez. Perez. Um, All I right. wonder who we're gonna pick next. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck here forever, so I'm just gonna pick something different. Well, maybe I'll pick something different. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm gonna change mine. Oh, maybe. No, maybe I'll stick with what I'm picking. I'm already playing mind games with Alex. That's how I'm going to win this IndyCar championship. I'm going to play some mind games. Okay. I changed mine like three times. Okay. I don't want to be on F1 forever. Okay. All right. Oh. Three, two, one. 
George Russell. Cool. Okay. Well, I have Russell, and you have Verstappen. Yeah. Congratulations! Oh, by the way, we did talk about how I picked the uh, the uh, I won. We'll talk about that in NASCAR. I won the All Star race. I didn't, but I got I, I beat but Alex. No, no points were on the line for the All Star. But race. I got one hundred million reasons to insult you. So you're gay. Thank you. No, that was an um, insult. Okay. <laughs> Love you too. So the Indianapolis Indy 500. Oh, I'm I'm nervous. I'm about not because I'm I'm picking the winner. Okay, I'm ready. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready, Zach. Be really. It'd be a shame if you lose your streak. I mean, I can afford some points off the board. It's fine. Mm. But Anyways, I, I, th- are you I feel ready? good about this pick. Are you I'm ready? ready? All right, three, two, I'm ready. one. Oh. <laughs> Here we go we again. Both picked Alex Pillow. You know that clip of Martin Truex? Yippee! Here we go. All right, you have to do it the hard Pillow. way, really. I have, I have, I'm, I have this mapped out. I'm you have it go. mapped out. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Okay, cool. Oh, I got okay. it. You, nah, you just let me. You just let me win this. I pick Pato Award, and Alex picked Scott Dixon. I did. Pick I'm Scott winning this Dixon. race, dude. I'm. T- <laughs> All right. This race. So you got Pato. I'm winning Dixon. this race, dude. Sixth, fourth, second in the last three Indy 500s. Mm-hmm. Your man's gonna be Scott having pit Dixon. road issues. Bye. Scott Dixon probably would have won last year. Nope. So many years he probably should have won it, but he's one of the most consistent guys, Dixon. Yeah. Um, who was your third pick? Did you have a third pick? I'm curious. Uh, Rosenquist. Actually. Okay, I was going to pick Ross. So here's the thing. My third so pick was Ross. Let me actually talk to you about this. So I was debating between picking Pato or Polo first because okay. I, I, I couldn't pick between the two. So... And I'm like, mm. Alex is probably going to steal one of these whores from me. I'm really surprised you did not pick Pato again because he's always in play at this in in this race. He is. So I think mm-hmm. this is the year he finally gets it done, Espe- especially um, if we want to look at this year, another different winner. And I guess Dixon would also be another different winner. But I like Pato right now. I think Felix I'm a little bit less confident in, which is why I'm kind of I didn't get to him because I just, you know, he's still. He's just not. He's not Pato Award. That's just. That's the it's, reasoning. But he's Scott Dixon. Yeah. He's Scott Dixon. Oh yeah. Like he is Scott Dixon. Yeah. But hmm, I don't know. And you know, I wouldn't ever count out Ed Carpenter. I think um, Renus VK could honestly, if he can put a full race together, he'll be a threat. Hundred yeah. percent. I don't think as a. I'm not willing to risk picking him though, for this. Um, and then Pinsky, as much as my heart wants it, I'm not going with a Pinsky for the Indy 500, uh, for fantasy. My heart would be so happy if I saw Joseph I think, or Scott McLaughlin. Man, if this race. Tim can get Joseph some track position, that would be huge, but that's yeah. if they get much track position and a caution comes out, they're gonna need help. Yeah, they're they gonna, gonna need a caution. Like, but once a Pinsky yeah. car's out front, I think, I don't know. I have a good vibe about it, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, we both obviously Pelo's the favorite. Um, he's looking to sweep the month yeah. of May. Um, 
That that happened last in 2019 with Paginot. Hmm. Yeah, it did. And so... I think, and I think Polo has been probably the best in recent years. He got, he was almost won it in his first attempt. Do you remember that? Or like in his first time with the ten? I mean, the second attempt. I think so because he like finished. He was up there. Well, he finished second to Elio in 2021, and mm-hmm. then 2020. I don't have him. In, he was yeah. in the. He was in a different car, but yeah. No, tw- oh yeah, he was in the fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sorry. I thought I for some reason I thought his first year in the ten was twenty twenty. So yeah, the first year in the ten he finished second, and then yeah, yeah I guess did he have pit issues last year or, or was that Dixon? He did both. Both Polo and Dixon had pit issues oh my last God. year. God. So hopefully, well, actually, hopefully they keep doing that because I would like to. I would like to get my three points. Okay. Uh, the reason I think Pato is actually, I'd probably pick him over Rosenquist. I feel like he's one of the, not slow, like he's one of the slower McLaren cars. I think Rossi, if you're going to go McLaren, it'd be Rossi. Even over Pato? Yeah. Really? With the luck he's had in this race? No, he's been with Andretti and had to fight and claw his way through that field Rossi has. He's now with the top tier team at Indianapolis right now. That's dangerous, Alexander Rossi. I think he could 100%. But then I look at stuff like Texas, and well, I I guess Rossi was up there at Texas too, but I don't know. I'm not ready. Rossi's just not. I'm not sold on him yet, though, still in this McLaren. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on him. And I'm not going to lie. I also thought about Santino Ferrucci. I just, I I couldn't bring myself to pick him, you know? Unproven. He's just unproven. Like he could, he'll probably finish top ten. Yeah, but I don't. But need it's a top just 10. like <laughs> I need a win. <laughs> how? Yeah, you need a win. But can Santino, if he has a car that can win, I think he does. Will he be able to like handle the pressure of being in the lead? That's my concern with him. I'm trying to think of anything, any others. I think uh, Elio and Paginot. I just don't. I don't have the track position. I don't see it. No. Because Elio, the year he won, he was way up. He started up front, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's I'm go excited. ahead. I'm excited. I'll be there. You will be there. When are you going to the track? When are you yes. heading to the track? Um, I'm planning on leaving Saturday morning, and I'll be there all day Sunday. Nice. So. Awesome. It's a seven-hour drive from my apartment. So Jesus. Be fun. Good luck. I'm um, looking forward to it. I love road trips. That's going to be awesome. Um. So let's go ahead and make our picks for the Coca-Cola 600. Um, did I? No, I didn't pick the winner of this last year. I feel like I did. Because Hamlin won last year. I don't think I actually picked him. No. I feel like I picked I the winner recall. of this race once. I think I picked Larson. No, I... I picked Larson to win this like two years ago, and I think he won it. I think so. I don't know. Anyways. Um, All right. I have my pick. I have my pick. Uh, NASCAR points. We had no points for All Star. Uh, I have eight, and Zach has seven. Yep. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Okay. Well, we both picked mm-hmm. Kyle Larson because he's the fastest. Yep. He's the fastest. Actually, that's it. Yep. <laughs> he is he's him right now. He is him. Um, I have someone else who is him, or her. Who's the her? I don't know. Danica coming back? Danica's coming Danica back. I'm predicting back? Danica's coming back. She's good. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Oh my God. We both picked William Uh-oh. Byron. Hmm. Uh oh. Okay. 
You're looking over like you need to research something. I'm swapping. No, I have a. I have a whole list. I'm gonna. All right. Mm... Yeah. 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 Ooh, I'm being indecisive. I'm not. Um... I got my pick. I think. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I said I got my pick. I think. <laughs> Wait, All right, no. I'm ready. I gotta stick with what I know. Hold on. Okay, now I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Alright, three, two, one. What? Oh. <laughs> um, I picked Bubba Wallace and Zach picked Denny Hamlin. You're crazy. What? Really? I get no. Okay, I see yes. it. You're right. I see it, but I don't. <laughs> so I think Bubba had the best car last year and got taken out early. Did he? Twenty three eleven. I do not remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like I think he was leading or like top three. I must like, have been was, drunk like, the off the Indy five hundred. I must have been drunk off the probably. I literally, but. <laughs> But no, that 23, they're starting to come alive. They were really fast at Kansas. Denny's a really good pick as well, yeah. obviously. But he, where was he at um, North Wilkesboro? Or Darlington, I mean. He was just not there. What, Denny? The 11 for me? Yeah. yeah. The 11 is just very inconsistent. That's why I thought about picking him. Um, the other one I thought about was Truex. But I was like, I... This know. is exactly the type of race another... Truex wants to dominate, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, just out of nowhere, Truex will just dominate I think and win. He's won the 600. Has he won the 600 every three years? Maybe not. Ooh. Or did he win in 2021? Maybe. He won in the 19 in Patriotic one year. I don't remember what year it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. When I was being indecisive, I kept typing the 19 out. So if Truex wins, I'll tell you what, kind of so mad. Here's someone <laughs> you need to watch, and it's a little bit different, but Kyle Bush in the last three Coca-Cola in the sorry. In the last three Coca-Cola six hundreds here on NASCAR on Fox, Kyle Bush finished fourth, third, and second. Now I know that was with Joe Gibbs racing, but you can't count out Kyle Bush. Back to you, Mike. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, exactly. Though, but like, I, I I understand he's an RCR now, but hey, RCR they're not that bad. This is a long race. Kyle Larson's probably gonna get wrecked. <laughs> like, I I, I I'm just well, saying. You didn't pick Kyle Larson, so Larson's probably winning. I mean, you did pick him, but so did I. Yeah. So, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll have to see though. I I. I just want to, I think the 11, I have more confidence in that 11 being fast and competing for a win. Because just, again, we know Toyota's going to be fast, so we both, you know, pick Toyotas. So, yeah. This is going to be really interesting. Who's at the top? Is it Hendrick or Gibbs? Or is it just Chevy versus Toyota? I think it's going to be more of a survival race, I think. Okay. Still. I mean, just like with, last year? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, Just with how the last, the energy from the last few races... If they kind of, sorry, if they carry over, I think that's what we're looking at. So, yeah. And by the way, I had zero thought of picking a Ford. I don't think that'll happen. It yeah. has to be like a crazy race like last year for a Ford to win. Who this. was the? I mean, 
well, Harvick, interesting, SHR, Harvick and Briscoe were third and fourth last year, but, yeah. Well, yeah, remember last year, Briscoe and Briscoe got into Larson coming toward the end of the race. Oh! Yeah. 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 Well, I'm excited to see how you don't get another point in IndyCar. I'm very excited to see how that happens. Alex, you're going to be crying like Graham Ray Hall next week. Yeah, when Joseph Newgarden wins the Indy 500, I sure will be crying mm-hmm. like that in yeah. a happy way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're not going to be happy when Scott Dixon has a pit issue. Or speeds this'll on pit road. This will be the one time. This will be the one time I'll be happy to see Scott Dixon win a race. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, the Indy. You're gonna, Alex. You're gonna go to the Indy 500 to see Scott Dixon win. That's crazy, and you're gonna be happy about yeah, it. No. Of all the yeah, other drivers in the you. field, you're gonna thank me later for when Pato Award wins the Indy 500, and you were there, and you're gonna be like, Zach, thank you Aww. for picking him because you, you, <laughs> you made my favorite one of my favorite drivers win. True. So true. you're welcome in advance. You don't have to thank me. Thank it's okay. You. It's okay. No, you don't have to. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. I understand. So um, we'll for real though. For real though, it would be fun to see Pato win. Yeah. That would be cool. It will be cool because it's gonna happen. So we will see you guys next week to talk about the Indy 500, everything that happens. Um, we'll also we'll talk about the 600 and I guess a little bit of Monaco if anything interesting happens there um, leave us a rating Hopefully on not. Spotify and Apple it helps us grow the podcast um, follow us on Twitter at GayRacingPod and on Instagram and follow me on um, follow me on Twitter at DreamyZachGP follow Alex at NewGaden for the latest of what we have to say about the races um, we'll be obviously tweeting about it all weekend so yeah um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy the Indy 500 this weekend. It's going to be amazing. If you're not planning on watching, you're not a real person. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't exist. I'm sorry, but like, what else are you doing that day besides like a, a cookout? Like, I'm sorry. Get a TV. Get a TV near you or something. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. We're less weird.